Hi, I'm Colleen Caro. Welcome to Avant Grad, Ohio's Trailblazers. I'm here in the 1804 Lounge of Ohio University's Baker University Center on the Athens campus. This episode features none other than Ohio's 20th president, President Emeritus Dr. Roderick J. McDavis, who's also a 1970 graduate of the College of Education. He was also the first black president of Ohio University. His insights, experiences, and perspectives on both leadership and higher education are fascinating and inspiring, whether or not you're a Bobcat. I hope you'll enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hi, Dr. McDavis. Hi, Colleen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Good to, good to talk to you this morning. Thank you so much. It is such a treat to see you. It's been a little while. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. You were Ohio University's 20th president for about 13 years. Did I do that's my correct. math right? Yeah, 13 years. Okay. That's right. Yes. 13 years. And I was an employee at the university and had an opportunity to work with you on many projects and, and many occasions. So it's a real treat for me personally to be talking to you. I really appreciate your time spent with us. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Well, thanks so much. So this podcast, as you know, is about trailblazing alumni, and you are in that class. Uh, first Black president of Ohio University, um, only the second alumnus yes. to be president, um, the other being William Henry Scott, um, yes. who was born in Athens. A little yes. bit of trivia for those out there who might not know that. So I would love to start at the beginning so we can learn a little bit more about you and how you got started on this, this trail that you blazed uh, through higher education, which here's another math quiz I gave myself. I'm, I came to about more than 45 years in higher ed. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Good calculation. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm two for two. That's, that's saying something when we talk about me and math. So you grew up in Dayton. I did. I did. And... So I'm, I'm curious, what was it like, your family like life growing up in Dayton in the 50s and 60s, um, a little bit, you know, what, what were you like as a kid and, and how was, what was the climate like in Dayton for you growing up and what was your family like? Yeah, there were five of us in our family, Colleen. I had two brothers. Uh, my mother was a teacher. Uh, she taught uh, in uh, high school in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, my father worked for the Board of Education as well. Uh, he was, he worked in the central office, uh, and he dealt with uh, young people that had truancy issues. So he was sort of the administrative type and my mom was a teacher. So at the dinner table every night, that's what we uh, heard about as, uh, young boys growing up. We heard about education. We heard about, uh, what was going on in the schools. Uh, we heard about what was going on with students, but we, we, we middle-class, uh, we, you know, we grew up in a nice neighborhood. Uh, uh, we went to, uh, Catholic schools, uh, the three of us. Uh, elementary, uh, uh, middle, and high schools. Uh, uh, and so our background was, was a very middle-class background, a very positive one. I was a shy, introverted young person. Uh, Colleen, you couldn't get two words out of me growing up. That uh, is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of came out of my shell later. And uh, we'll, 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 you know, we'll talk about that because it happened at Ohio University. But uh, I was one of those young people that uh, I played music. I was a drummer. Uh, so I was in the band uh, in high school uh, and, and had a lot of fun with that, uh, the marching band. And, and uh, uh, we got into the indoor season with the uh, uh, high school orchestra. And I was part of that. And then I ran track in, in, in high school. So those were the two things that 
I sort of took my time up uh, as, a, as a young person uh, growing up. It's so neat to hear about your parents' backgrounds because, of course, one of my questions naturally is what drew you to education? And, and hearing about your parents, I, I feel a little bit like there wasn't much of a choice for you. It was just part of family life and you were surrounded by it. Yeah, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And right. it did not. Um, I was enamored with education as a young person, uh, aspired to be a uh, uh, history teacher. That's what I uh, wanted to be when I grew up. And uh, that was sort of my, uh, my, my basic foundation uh, with my uh, uh, affection and admiration for uh, education and educators. I love it. Well, your, your parents must have been, have been very proud of you and your they career. Were. They were. They were. I tried to follow in their footsteps all the way. I sure did. Yeah, so wonderful. So tell me how you made your way to Ohio University. Yeah, there were two, two parts of that. Uh, one part was uh, during the time that I was looking at going to a college, uh, President Alden had started an initiative at Ohio University, reaching out to high schools all across Ohio uh, to recruit more students of color. Uh, this would be uh, in the mid-60s, so it was right around 1965. And uh, that attracted me to Ohio University, the fact that they were reaching out uh, as a young African-American at the time. I thought, you know, here's a, a, a university in Ohio that wants me to come and get an education and is literally inviting and, 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 and reaching out and saying, hey, please come. And so that was the first part of it. And the second part of it is, as I said, I ran track and uh, wanted to continue running track in college. And Ohio University back then had a great track uh, program. And so I thought, here's a two for one. I can go and get a great education at Ohio University and also run track. So I did not have a scholarship. I was a walk-on, uh, but so much enjoyed the one year that I did run track when I came to Ohio University. Uh, but those were the two things that attracted me. That's great. That's great. It's so neat to hear about President Alden. It's, it's wonderful just to hear about President Alden because I know we all loved him so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but how just how wonderful to, to think about that program that he started that drew you here and then you end up becoming a president and of course a friend of his. Um, that's just really must be really sweet for you. Oh, Colleen, he and I talked about that. I, I have such fond memories of the conversations that uh, President Alden and I had when he came down to visit uh, the university when I served as president. And I told him that story. Uh, I said he was the reason that I came to Ohio University because without that program, uh, I might've gone to a different college uh, or university uh, across Ohio. I did wanna go to school in Ohio, but the fact again that Ohio University was actually reaching out for a lot of other uh, uh, people that I knew uh, at that time in Ohio uh, and specifically in Dayton that were coming to Ohio University. So I had a lot of friends uh, who were also freshmen when I came to Ohio University in the fall of 1966. And that was a, you know, when you were in school here, that led to some tumultuous years. It worked. So it worked. Um, before we talk about that, though, I, I, I want to hold you to your word. And you said you'd tell us a little bit about how you came out of your shell at Ohio University. <laughs> what, what was it that happened here? You know, because we talk about, you know, that college experience is right. so is, is so important um, right. for young right. people really figuring out who you are and and Ohio University is such a special place that that really? we feel like it's it's a close community but there are so many wonderful resources for students world-class resources but but and, and, and I'm, I'm a witness to that uh, yeah as a, as, a, as a freshman 
one of the things that was occurring at Ohio University is that there, there were uh, black fraternities and sororities that were just uh, 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 being established. And so as a second uh, semester freshman, uh, I became interested in pledging. I'd been recruited a little bit in the fall, but some of my friends and some of the guys on the track team were uh, joining the Omega Psi Phi fraternity and I decided uh, to uh, join that fraternity. So I started to pledge and uh, went through that whole process. And before the end of my freshman year, uh, little did I realize that there was a leader inside of me that had been hiding for the first 18 years of my life. Uh, because toward the end of my freshman year, uh, they elected me as an officer. Not only did I pledge and, and became initiated and became a member, but they also wanted me to be an officer. And at first I, I pushed back. I said, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm, I, I am not, a, you know, I'm not an extra. No way, not me. <laughs> exactly. But they said, no, 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 you're, you're going to do this. And so I did it. And that really was the turning point in my life, Colleen, because that experience helped me to understand that there was another individual inside of me that had been hiding for an awful long time that really came out over the next three years. So I stayed in a leadership role for my last three years at Ohio University, and that put me in front of crowds giving speeches, that uh, put me in meetings, that uh, got me to start thinking about uh, what is uh, in the best interest of the fraternity in terms of programs and those kinds of things. So I became much more uh, extroverted. Uh, I started to utilize my verbal skills a lot more. Skills that I had, but I just had not utilized. And so I moved from this kind of shy, introverted uh, individual to a much more extroverted, uh, a much more outward uh, uh, individual who uh, utilized his, uh, all of his talents and all of his skills. And to your point, uh, that continued at Ohio University because I became a tutor uh, later uh, as a Black Studies program was being developed. That was another one of President Alden's initiatives uh, during the time that I was at Ohio University. So I became active in the Black Studies Institute. I started to serve as a mentor, as an advisor uh, for younger uh, African-American students. So all of those leadership skills that I thought uh, I never had, I actually had and they, they started to come out during the years that I was at Ohio University. So it certainly helped uh, this, this young, uh, shy, retiring person to find himself and to get a direction, uh, to move in a direction that I never thought I would, which was to think more about being a leader uh, than to simply be a teacher. What's really cool about that is, is all, the, all the ways you blossomed and all the other people, the, the other lives you touched and, and just, um, you know, how that, how that grew in so many ways. One of my next question was going to be, so, so what happened next? What else did you do? But, you know, in sharing your experiences as a tutor and your other experiences, it really shows how it was just, just that seed, you know, that, that needed to find a way to grow. Yeah. And, and then going to the interfraternity council meetings, meeting with the other leaders of fraternities and the sororities on campus, uh, learning how to be a leader by observing those who were in leadership roles and who were older than me, having a lot of role models, having uh, folks on campus that were older than me who were willing to spend time mentoring me, uh, who, who were willing to help me learn how to become a better leader. Uh, because again, I, I started from scratch. I didn't know anything about leadership. I had not been a leader at my high school uh, of any of the organizations. Uh, I had not been in student government or any of those kinds of things. So for me, it was kind of learning from scratch. Uh, what leadership was really all about. And the fraternity really helped me to uh, sort of get my feet wet with learning how to become a leader. 
And, and also coming full circle with some of those initiatives you were involved in. And then as president, some of your accomplishments as president, um, the Lynx program, right. um, the Urban and Appalachian Scholars programs, yeah. all of which were, were aimed at diversity. And, you know, you, you have many, many awards, but especially some significant awards in, in diversity. So I wonder, you know, what's what's that like for you looking back or what, what were those moments like for you as as president where here you were, you know, leading the charge, working with others to, to move these initiatives forward? Did you ever reflect on your time as a student and those things that, that brought you Colleen, to I the did. university? Yeah, I really did. And, and so here's, here's my story in that regard. Uh, the model for me was President Alden. You know, as a student at Ohio University, when President Alden was there, there were several things that he, he tried to do. Uh, and if you look at the tenure that I had and you look at some of the things that I did, uh, they were very much uh, following the Vern Alden model. So let me just name a few things. One, I, I spoke about his focus on diversity uh, and inclusion. Uh, I tried to do the same thing as president during my time. So I focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion in terms of increasing the uh, number of students of color, uh, increasing the number of faculty that were uh, people of color, including some senior administrators that were people of color. So again, right out of Vern Alden's uh, notebook. The second thing that uh, President Alden tried to do was to increase the physical nature of the campus, to, to make it appear better and, and to prepare for, for, for student growth and enrollment. So South Green, uh, the residence halls that were built on South Green. And uh, you know, as you know, during the time that I was there, uh, we built three or four new residence halls. So once again, a page right out of uh, President Alden's uh, uh, presidency. Uh, how do you strengthen the university? Well, one of the ways you do that is you, you, know, you build up the residence halls. Uh, the other thing that happened during President Alden's tenure was that the Convocation Center was built. Uh, President Alden felt like athletics, uh, intercollegiate athletics would be a window, could be a window to the university. And so he spent time trying to build up Ohio University athletics during the time that he was president. I did the same thing. Uh, so my emphasis on our football program, on our basketball program, on all of uh, uh, intercollegiate athletics and, 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 and that focus was again, a page right out, of, uh, right out of his presidency. So I studied what President Alden did as president and tried to do many of the same kinds of things uh, during my time. Uh, focus on uh, the academic portfolio of the university. You know, we tried to lift up some of our academic programs. Uh, our focus as, as you well recall in the Russ College, I mean, we built the Academic and Research Center. That was one of the first initiatives that I took on uh, because I wanted to focus on strengthening academics and, and research and selected uh, the Russ College and the uh, college at that time of osteopathic medicine, which later became the Heritage College, bringing those two entities together to try to focus on strengthening academics and research. And then taking the Heritage Osteopathic Medical School up to Dublin, uh, up, to, yeah. uh, up to Cleveland, yeah. uh, spreading that across the state, strengthening our, 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 our medical school and, and, and many other things that uh, I tried to do across the academic portfolio of the university to strengthen it. Uh, getting three named uh, colleges uh, during the time that I was there, you know, from the Scripps College uh, to the Patton College uh, to the Heritage College. Uh, so education, uh, communication, uh, medicine uh, to join the Russ College. So, so, you know, when I left, we had four named colleges and then having a $500 million capital campaign. Yeah, um, that was that was an, another thing that stands absolutely. out so much to me. Yeah, absolutely. And most of that money uh, being uh, for an endowment to strengthen academics. 
So again, these were all the kinds of things that I thought, you know, President Alden tried to do when he was president. And I tried to follow that, that same model. I didn't talk about that a lot when I was the president, but, but he was my role model, not only as a student back in the 60s, but as a president. And when he would come to Ohio University to visit, he and I would just sit down and have long conversations uh, about what my next initiative would be. And he tried to explain to me what he did in terms of the uh, sequencing of, of initiatives that he took on. And while one of his pet projects was, you know, working with the federal government on the Peace Corps, uh, to the point you made earlier, I tried to focus at Ohio University on urban and Appalachian scholars. Uh, because I felt like uh, students in Appalachia had been forgotten. Uh, so we tried to reach out to them to bring them into the university. Uh, I felt like students of color across the state of uh, Ohio needed more of an opportunity to get a college education. So we reached out to them uh, to try to bring more of those students to Ohio University through the Urban Scholars Program. So again, uh, everybody has a role model. Everybody has you know, someone that they try to emulate. And President Alden was that for me. It's, it's really neat to hear about, it, it's almost like you were continuing some of his strategic pathways for, for the university. At, trying to tie the 60s uh, with the early 2000s, you know, my time mm -hmm. period was 2004 to 2017. So yes, you know, trying to say what worked uh, back in the 60s, let me see if we can uh, make that work. Uh, we didn't get it all done. You know, you never do uh, when you're in a leader uh, leadership role and especially as a president. But if you can hopefully leave the university a little bit better than you found it, you know, then, then, then that's what you try to do. And that's what I tried to do during my time as, uh, as the 20th president was to leave Ohio University just a little bit better uh, than it was before I arrived. So let's talk about those early years a little bit. You mentioned the 60s. Um, and of course, you were a student in the late yes. 60s. You're the class of 1970, College of Education graduate. Yes. And we know that um, Ohio University closed in, in, in 1970, shortly after the, the Kent State shootings. Yes. And so um, I wonder if you can talk to us a little bit about that, what that was like. I know you've told the story many times. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting, I think, to think about that time period, especially today. Yeah. Um, it's been a, a very tumultuous uh, couple of years, maybe more, more than that, but a tumultuous time period, especially when we think about human relations and race relations. And, you know, we think about college students and, and what their experiences, what they're experiencing as they're coming of age and, and dealing with all of these issues in the country and the world. And so I feel like there are maybe some parallels to the, the chaos and, and tumult of the time that you were in college, particularly 1970. So I, I wonder if you could give us a little history and perspective on, on your experience. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question, Colleen, and a great parallel because the late 70s, you know, we had the Vietnam War, uh, we had the civil rights movement, we had the women's movement. There was a lot going on. And when the students were shot at Kent State, uh, in May of 1970, uh, you know, I'll never forget, I was student teaching that particular semester. Mm -hmm. And I remember a few days after that, that uh, there were some protests that occurred at Ohio University. And there was a feeling, uh, I think by some, that maybe we might have the same kind of situation occur at Ohio University. And so the National Guard was, was, was uh, asked to come down to, to Athens. And I still remember uh, those National Guardsmen who were stationed uh, around the campus, uh, especially around the College Green, uh, with uh, bayonets affixed on, on, their, uh, on their guns. 
and, uh, on, and, 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 and the feeling was so tense as I would come back to campus after a day of student teaching and would walk around the campus and just have that, have that feeling. I, 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 was, I was concerned that something terrible was gonna happen at, at Ohio University. And I didn't understand it at the time, but when President So closed the university uh, and told us all we had to go home within 48 hours, you know, as a senior, of course, I knew that meant missing graduation. So for those seniors uh, and, 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 and graduate students who have not had a chance to participate in a commencement uh, during this last year or so at Ohio University, uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with them. I understand how that feels, uh, having gone through it. And yeah, it was a long sure time, you know, for me yeah. to, 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 to kind of feel okay with that. I mean, I was really um, depressed. I was uh, frustrated. I was upset about it. But years later, when I served as president, I understood that President Soule probably saved a lot of lives by making that decision. But in the moment, it didn't feel so good. You, you had put in four hard years. You were looking forward to that commencement. You wanted your family and friends to be there with you. You wanted to celebrate with your classmates and all that was taken away from the class of 70, uh, which is why so many years later, you know, in 2010, we, we brought that class back together at a, at a, at a commencement and, and lifted them up had them seated right in front and just lifted them up and, and, and they felt real good about that. And I had a chance to get in line with them and walk yeah. across. And it was a, just, a, just a great, great feeling. So what was happening in the 70s, while it might be different circumstances here in 2020 and 2021 with the pandemic, you know, certainly there's a link between uh, students not being able to complete their uh, education with the commencement the way they wanted to. Uh, the same thing happened back in 1970. We were the first class, in fact, that didn't have a commencement at that point in the history of Ohio University. So those two things were, were are, are forever tied together in the history of, of Ohio University. But, you know, we were able to transcend a lot of that, Colleen. And I think all of us were better people as a result of having gone through a lot of those experiences. You know, I remember, you know, when, when I was president, students used to say to me, you know, you don't know what it's like. You know, you, you, you've never been in a protest. And, and, and I, I want to tell them, you know, uh, I could write the book on 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 protests because I was part of the students who were out there protesting when I was there. So I, I think oftentimes students think, well, we're the first ones, you know, to be protesters. We're the first ones to have grievances. Not true. It's happened a lot in higher education, and it's going to continue to happen. So so I was part of that uh, uh, environment in the late '60s, uh, right up to 1970 at Ohio University. Lamented the fact that I could not have a commencement. But over time, you know, those wounds healed. And what I would say to students today is over time, you know, the university will bring you back. You have a chance to have that commencement. You'll have a chance to get closure and those wounds will eventually heal. Absolutely. And, and we are doing that. We are we are planning that for, for the class of 2020 right. and right. Lots, lots more celebrations for, for you know, like you said, to lift up our other students. Yeah. Thank you for um, for mentioning them and for for making that that connection, because I think it's, it's important for them to know that they are being thought of and they are Absolutely. being supported. Absolutely. Um, the, the pandemic has been, you know, of course, as, as, as you and I understand, it's very, it's very personal, right? Yeah. Um, some, some of those of us who are professionals, we love being able to work from home. Um, for some of us, it's, it's a struggle. Childcare is an issue for students. Um, you know, some of them feel very isolated. Some of them are doing okay with it. Um, so it's just a, a very personal thing. And for them to know that 
they are on our minds and they are being thought of. As, Absolutely. As, as so and Colleen, the thing that I would say to, again, our students today, this is a, this is a pandemic. It's worldwide. It's not only affecting students in Athens, but it's affecting students all over the world. And that's a significant difference than what I experienced in the late 60s and 1970, where it was sort of Ohio-centric. I mean, a lot of the uh, colleges and universities in Ohio didn't have a commencement that year. But this time around, it's a lot of colleges and universities all over the world that have not been able to have a commencement, that the students have not been able to get closure. And it is, it is a difficult feeling to, to, you know, to have when you've invested that much time and in, in your college education. But again, uh, the university, as you pointed out, is gonna bring those students back. It's gonna bring their families back. They're gonna have a chance to, to be honored. They're gonna have a chance to celebrate and those wounds will, will heal. It's quite a time for higher education, isn't it? Is. It? it is, it is. And that's, you know, I mean, one of the things that I reflect upon a, 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 a lot because I'm still kind of involved with higher education today, yeah. but when you're in a leadership role, it's day to day, it's 24 seven, it's 365. You don't really have a chance to sort of step back and reflect. And, and, and the challenges of today are different than the challenges that I faced, but challenges nonetheless. I mean, every president, every institution has challenges. It just depends on, 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 the, on the moment, on the time, but you, you never get away from that when you're in a leadership role. So you have an interesting perspective from where you sit. You're, you're um, still involved with higher education as managing principal with your search firm. Yes. Um, you have helped place many, many um, folks in executive positions, presidents, provosts, and so on and so forth at many institutions. Um, what's it What's it like, you know, being <laughs> being in, in in the seat you're in, still still in a, a leadership role, um, still involved in higher ed, but very very different. Yeah, and, and Colleen, I'm enjoying this role because- <laughs> But you are. <laughs> yeah, well, to your point earlier, I mean, when you invest over 40 years in, 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 in an enterprise, it's part of your being, it's part of who you are. And what I enjoy so much about what I'm able to do today is to help uh, sort of find that next generation of leaders. There are a group of leaders in higher education who are serving as presidents and chancellors who are stepping down you know, after serving long years as faculty members, as deans, as provosts, as presidents, as chancellors. And now it's time for that next generation of leaders to step up. And, and that's the joy that I have now of finding those people and helping uh, institutions to be able to, to bring them in and, and see them start their journey you know, as a new president or, or, or as a new chancellor. So for me, it's having the opportunity to travel around the country, uh, to work with community colleges, to work with uh, 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 colleges and universities, four-year colleges and universities, uh, at public, private, uh, and again, small, large, uh, but to really work with boards of trustees and boards of regents to try to help them find their new leader, their new president, their new chancellor, meeting these people, uh, becoming a mentor to some of them, uh, trying to do for them what people did for me as someone who uh, had people I could talk to. Uh, hopefully I've become that for many of them. And then also helping institutions to find provosts and vice presidents and deans that will be that, again, that next generation of leaders who will follow uh, the presidents and chancellors that are out there. So I'm having fun with it, enjoying it. It's, it's a lot of work, uh, but it's good work. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun work. And it certainly sounds like you haven't slowed down that much. No, you know, I, I, thought, I thought I could never be as busy as I was when I was president, but I'm finding in this role, this is 24-7, 365. The biggest difference is it's a singular focus. I mean, we 
wake up every day and we're thinking about, you know, how can we help this university or this college find a new leader for this area or for that area? You know, at a university, you have a wide variety of things that you have to be concerned about from, you know, the students and the academic programs uh, to the facilities, uh, to, um, you know, to the staff, uh, uh, you know, to the interplegion athletics, uh, to the other extracurricular activities that are all part of student affairs. Uh, so you have a multiple uh, 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 variety of things you have to think about when you're a president or a chancellor, you know, versus what I can do now with this kind of a singular focus. Yeah. Let me just say one other thing about that, if I, if I, if I may. Please, yeah, I love it. Close it together. The one piece of advice that, that, that President Alden gave me very early in my tenure, he said, Rod, never forget every part of Ohio University is part of what you have to be concerned about every day. He said, you don't lift any one area above another because, uh, and, and he used a great analogy. You know, he said, all of our intercollegiate athletic teams have Ohio across their jerseys. And he said, it's the same way with every other part of Ohio University. He said, so don't pick one area over the other. You have to fall in love with every part of Ohio University. And I never forgot that, Colleen. That was the best advice anybody ever gave me because that, for me, helped to frame the fact that I fell in love with every part of Ohio University. I didn't put any part above another. All of Ohio University was, was important to me. That's, that's a daunting, right? It's a little overwhelming. Very much you know, so. Never, never rest, never forget any particular part of campus. Exactly, exactly. But the heart of it, at the heart of it, Colleen, would be students. I mean, for me, the lasting memories are the students that we served for those 13 years, many of whom I still am in contact with. Uh, it gives me just a great deal of pleasure to be taking a trip somewhere and to be on an airplane or to be at an airport and somebody walks up to me and says, are you President McDavis? And I'll say yes. And I'll say, oh, I was a student there in 2007 or in 2010 or, you know, and we'll start talking about what was going on when they were there. That lifts me up. And the students that I still keep in contact with, you know, who are now married and have families and are young professionals and are doing all kinds of exciting things out there. To be able to connect with them uh, on a continuous basis uh, just just lifts me up and makes me feel good. It makes me feel like it was it was worthwhile. So the student part of the experience would clearly be one of the highlights for me. That every year, you know, we were bringing in roughly you know three or four thousand students, and at the end of that year, we were graduating three or four thousand students, knowing that we had made a significant difference in their lives. I was going to ask you if there's anything that that you that you might miss, what you might miss the most. I, and I have a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that daily contact with students. I enjoyed it. Uh, it, was, it, it was the reason. It's the reason the university exists was to improve the lives of, 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 of the uh, students who, who, who pass through the, the university. And so for me, uh, I always remember uh, Deborah and I talk a lot about, you know, move in. You know, we were always out there helping uh, uh, a small number of freshmen move in uh, seeing them say their goodbyes to their parents and yeah. me, saying to their parents, hey, we're going to watch over your son. We're going to watch over your daughter. You know, that was the, kind of the beginning of it. And then right there at commencement, which was my happiest day of the year, you know, being able to say goodbye, you know, to students who hopefully we help to improve their lives and to wish them well and to, uh, you know, share some some pleasant memories of their four or five years at, at Ohio University. So we, we, we had those bookends. We had the beginning of the journey. 
where we were able to reach out and, and, and connect with students early on and the convocation that we had and that walk up Richland Avenue and, you know, with the Marching 110 uh, in front of us. I mean, that was one of my highlights and certainly you know, the day of graduation uh, was, was, was the other highlight. So those two bookends for me in any given uh, academic year were, 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 were certainly highlights. You can see me as as you're telling telling these stories and and reliving these memories. I just have this huge grin on my face because it's really, you know, for those of us who have participated in those things or seen photos, and you know, you see just the energy and the joy on the students' faces, and um, they're they're just it's the really powerful moments. And it lasts. It, I mean, the, the the beauty of it, Colleen, is it lasts a lifetime. You know, those are things that I think about every day uh, for these past four years since I've been away from the university. I still you know, reflect back and, and Deborah and I on, on different occasions will uh, we'll talk about, you know, different events that occurred when a particular date comes, uh, you know, uh, like in January when the uh, MLK holiday was there, you know, we remember the uh, meeting, you know, at, uh, at, 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 at the church and at, 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 at Garbeth Memorial Chapel and, and going on the walk and going through the program at, at Baker Center. I mean, those are really, really special moments that you never, never forget. So we relive those. And that's a way for us to stay connected, to stay uh, in touch with, uh, with what's happening at the university. And, and, and so those are things that are very, very pleasant memories for us. And, and certainly, you know, the capital campaign, I mean, remembering all the great uh, things that we did with, uh, with you and the Russ College and, and with all the other colleges across campus uh, in terms of all the uh, money we were able to raise, uh, uh, you know, over half billion dollars and, and uh, uh, those kinds of things. I mean, that, those are things that stick with you. For, for a lifetime because you know that they that that the university is better you know because of right. those things that you were you were able to do absolutely uh, and and again as we talked about earlier I mean seeing the Heritage College now seeing uh, the campus in Dublin you know seeing the partnership that we developed with the Cleveland Clinic knowing that you know part of our medical school is in Cleveland today uh, all of those things uh, just make a, a significant difference and knowing that the docs that graduate from Dublin, uh, the docs that graduate from uh, the program in Cleveland and knowing that they're going to practice uh, in, in, in those areas. And really with this pandemic today, understanding that they probably saved hundreds of thousands of lives. That's what it's all about. Those are the memories that you carry with you the rest of your life when you're able to say, you know, have I made a difference in the lives of, of the students that were on campus? And quite frankly, have I made a difference in the lives of the people of Ohio? And knowing that many of the students who graduated clearly are making a significant difference in the lives of the people of the state of Ohio. It could be nothing better. That's, that's, what it's, that's what it's all about. That's the legacy. That's what it's all about. Right, right. Took the words right out of my mouth. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So let's do some of these Ohio highlights, just okay, so sure. some rapid fire questions. Um, so thinking back to your days as a student, did you have yes. a, favorite, a favorite spot on campus as a student? Ooh, uh, yes. Uh, it was still Baker Center. Baker Center yeah. was a meeting place. Uh, the old Baker Center where Scripps is now, that was, yeah. that was sort of our hangout. Uh, we would spend uh, uh, a lot of time there. There was, there was a favorite card game uh, called Bid Whist that we used to play a lot. Uh, some folks a little bit too much, quite frankly, but that's where <laughs> we have a lot, a lot of our social events. That's where we would have a lot of uh, parties and dances and those kinds of things. But we just, we just hung out there as well. It's where you could meet your friends and socialize, but Baker Center would be uh, my, my favorite hangout, yes. And then moving to your years as a president, did you have a favorite spot on campus from your years when you were here as a president? 
I know we you spent a lot of time in Cutler Hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'd say I'd say it carried over to Baker Center again, the new Baker Center, because there was the place, uh, Colleen, that I could uh, go and and eat and hang out with students or faculty or staff. But it was also the place where most of the student events occurred. It was also the place where a lot of alumni events occurred. Uh, the place where we had a lot of significant events was in Baker Center. So Baker Center would be, would bookend. You know, it was a place where I hung out as a student. But it was also a place, my favorite place to go as president, because that's where I connected with students and faculty and staff uh, for the most part. And alumni uh, would be uh, would be Baker Center. Nice. And what about um, any faculty who you may have had as a student? Was was there a professor who stood out to you, or maybe a course? Um, something that really maybe stuck with you or was, was well, a defining that's, that's, moment? That's, that's a good question. That's, you know, Colleen, I don't remember their names, but it was, I'd say the faculty that had the most profound effect on me would have been the faculty in the College of Education at that time, because that was my major. My major was social sciences uh, uh, in, in secondary education. So I took, a, I took my, most of my junior and senior years were spent taking courses uh, you know, uh, in, in education. And, and, and so for me, uh, the faculty that had the greatest influence on, on my life were those that helped to mold that teacher that was part of me. Right. And I really yeah. got to do more as a, uh, a faculty member in higher education than as a K-12 teacher, but still the basics of, of how to teach I learned in, in, uh, in the, uh, uh, now the Patton College of, uh, of Education. And just about the community too. Did you have a favorite spot in the community? Maybe a favorite restaurant, a favorite food, a favorite. Um... Deborah and I ate at a lot of uh, a lot of restaurants around around Athens. It was kind of a way for us to uh, to connect with people in the community. Uh, and I don't know that there was any one. Uh, we ate at some uh, Asian restaurants. Uh, we ate at uh, some you know uh, American cuisine. Uh, you know, um, uh, was was very very good for uh, uh, you know certainly going to the uh, OUN uh, yeah. and, and eating at Cutler's restaurant. I mean, uh, so so there were a lot of different places around town uh, that we liked, uh, and and I don't know that we really focused in on one. We tried to we we tried to spread out across all of Athens and eat at as many different restaurants as we could, just to connect with. Uh, first and foremost, the people that own the restaurants, but then secondly, to connect with the people that it was their favorite spot. And so when we were in their favorite spot, it made us feel like we were in the community and we were connecting with people all across uh, all across Athens. So we had a lot of uh, nice uh, spots and, you know, at least two, three times a week, we find ourselves out in the community eating at some restaurant and it was it was all good. And then even to the point where we used to also uh, from time to time on a Friday night or a Saturday night, we might drive up to Columbus and uh, go to a restaurant up that way, you know, just to, uh, uh, for a night out, you know, just to slip away and slip up to Columbus and, and, and have a nice meal up that way. And Lancaster as well. We used to go up to Lancaster and, and eat at some restaurants there. So eating out was a, a big part of what we were all about. When I, when I think of you as president, I do, I, I have memories of you being in the community and 
out and about. Um, I, I know I saw you at WellWorks many yes. times working out. Yes. Um, and uh, that was always fun. You know, it, in doing my research for this interview, um, I, I watched some videos and read some some websites and so on. But there was a video um, about one of your awards that Patricia Ackerman was um, was quoted in. She is, of course, for, former chairwoman of, of the Ohio University Board of Trustees. And she remarked that uh, after your interview, um, I think you, you left the room and someone said, now that is a president. And, um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I love that, but by the same token, you know, I, I've heard some stories about you maybe jumping on stage at events and, um, you know, otherwise being quite lively. So it's and really that was the other part, Colleen, I really, I enjoyed my time as an undergraduate. I'll go back there. Uh, and, 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 and talk about the fact that I, I said I was an introvert who became an extrovert. Well, once I made that conversion, I really enjoyed myself socially. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't want to leave that piece out. But you, <laughs> you just said something that made me so some great fond memories. You talk, talked about WellWorks. I absolutely enjoyed going to WellWorks. I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I think it helped me to stay healthy, you know, when I was a, a president. But two, uh, I got to see and talk with folks like yourself when I was there because faculty, staff, I mean, from administrators from all over the campus would come to WellWorks and I was going there on a daily basis. So it made me feel like I was keeping in, in contact with folks. And I learned a lot, you know, from the uh, conversations I would have inside and outside of WellWorks uh, about a wide range of issues. So when you ask me, well, so what were some of your favorite places to hang out I should not leave WellWorks off that list. I enjoyed spending my time at WellWorks. It was a good place. It definitely was. So final question, just in closing, do you have any parting words of advice for students today or maybe alumni who are out there, um, you know, in these, these chaotic, tumultuous times? It's a big question, I know. Um, and, and you did share a lot of really inspiring thoughts earlier, but thinking about all the Bobcats out there, um, yeah, you know, particularly sure. the ones who are on campus or maybe at home living with mom and dad, or maybe they're living alone, um, any, any parting words of advice that you would send to them as President Emeritus? Two, two thoughts, Colleen, two thoughts. One yeah. for current Bobcats, for those who are on campus. Uh, try to find yourself. Don't be afraid to, to get into that inner person. There's another part of you that has to be discovered. Uh, and it's a good time to take some time to discover who that inner person is. Uh, reach out, connect with as many different people on campus as you can. Uh, don't be afraid to try different things. Don't be afraid to uh, allow yourself to grow and develop uh, and to start becoming uh, that person that you want to be. And for those alumni, uh, I mean, the best advice I can give to, to, to Bobcats uh, across the world is continue to make a difference. Uh, it just thrills me every time I read a story about one of our alums who's accomplishing great things. Uh, you know, whether it be in the arts industry, whether it be in the communications industry, whether it be in the business world, uh, whether it be in the education world, uh, every time Bobcats make a difference, it's a big deal. So I would encourage all of our alumni, you know, to continue being great Bobcats. Don't forget about your alma mater. Uh, give something back uh, to your alma mater. But most importantly, give something to those around you. Uh, contribute something to your community. Make a difference in the lives of the people uh, that you're in contact with. Uh, and for all of us, uh, I, I think that 
you know, we're forever grateful uh, to our alma mater for all that it has done for us and all that it continues to do for us. So we all, whether we're current Bobcats or uh, alumni, uh, should remain loyal uh, to, our, to our alma mater. Great advice. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me today. It has been such, such a treat. And I know that our students and alumni out there are going to really love hearing our conversation. Um, and so glad that you're still out there influencing higher education. I, you know, we, we have your, your track team members and your fraternity brothers to thank for getting you started on, on your leadership path. And we just really appreciate you sharing your talents with us and your time with us today. Thanks so much, Colleen, and best wishes to you and, and everybody else in the Bobcat community.